0: Hey, everyone. We're here with Matt Bird of This Is Silly, a podcast all about St. Louis FC. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Matt?
1: I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, Goose is also here, just so everybody's clear. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm <laughs>
2: hiding in the corner of the uh, the podcast sphere, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, get things started as far as questions go. Uh, the last time we faced you... Um, our seasons had just begun, really. Um, yeah, St. Louis yeah. was kind of uh, riding high, I guess, is one of the the more unexpected stories of the, the early part of the USL season. Um, and as the season's gone on, um, we've gone different paths, but now we, we kind of find our, ourselves smack dab in the middle of the table. Um, yeah. They- for different reasons, obviously. Um, us, because we lost a coach and – uh, because y'all kind of gone through a uh, a streak in the uh, the Open Cup, which is now has ended, but uh, kind of bridge the gap there and, and tell us how the season has gone in that uh, the meat and potatoes of the season, I guess you
1: could say. Yeah, since since we last played, the only thing I remember about that game we played with you guys back at our place, you know, it must have been like late March, is that it was 35 degrees, the rain was sideways,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was miserable. I, I mean, I have never been. I'm from England, and we played soccer in like November and December. I've never been so cold in all my life. It it was hypothermic, is mm. the only way to describe it. Um, but I think looking back, that's probably I think maybe the last time we won at home. It seemed we uh, we started out hot, really 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 hot. I mean, we any team that goes to Nashville and wins is is doing well. And mm. um, then you rolled into town, and then. I mean we were top of the league for a bit and then we had a blip against we had a blip against Birmingham and then the rain just never stopped I mean I, I mentioned the rain there at the end of March and the rain never stopped for basically 2 months and the the field was flooded a bit so the Ottawa game was called off and then we had a thunderstorm postponement against Memphis and and that was obviously has to be rescheduled Our game against Lownden had to be rescheduled because of their stadium. So we went the best part of six weeks without really playing a league game. So that sort of slipped down the table. And then we went and and you talk about the meat and potatoes of the season, the, the meat and potatoes turned into the Open Cup because that's the only game And uh, we played Madison, and and then, and then we played Chicago. And the Chicago game was fantastic. I mean, anytime you you beat an MLS team, I mean, you guys know you did it to New New England a couple of years ago. Anytime that mm-hmm. happens, you know, you, you just you just live in the dream for a bit. But either side of that Chicago game, we lost to, I think we lost to Hartford. And- Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you, you can't lose to Hartford and Bethlehem in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you just can't do it. Man. It was, it was destro- destroying. And then we drew with Lownden last week. We lost at Swope. So I, I do think, and I was talking to uh, a couple of Cincy guys after our game there um, in, in the Cup, and he was saying, he said, you know, I, when when they went deep in the Open Cup, their league form absolutely went in the toilet. And it's hard, man. I asked our coach, Poulos. I said, how, how hard is it managing 15 guys to go through a league and an Open Cup rigors? And he said it's, it's, it's killing him. He just can't stay fresh. And we do look tired, especially in the league. Mm. So you're going to get a tired team on Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh one thing, I uh, looked at the schedule and I was like, why don't we play in St. Louis? And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to play him right after the uh, an Open Cup match. So and, and I guess you could say, do you think that the club has kind of focused on the Open Cup? I, I've listened to the podcast. It's fantastic, by the way. Uh, not just throwing that out there, but it's really – it's a great uh, discussion of just all things St. Louis football, really. Um,
1: but do you yeah, think it's,
2: it's kind of been a shift – Towards the Open Cup is that maybe been like a natural uh attention for the players or how do you think that's kind of shaken up with the the form in the uh regular season compared to that
1: at the beginning of the season we had a get together with the front office staff and the coaches and and a lot of the fans were able to put forward questions to the coach and one thing that that we really hit home on with regards to the coach was we would like an Open Cup run I think um Last year we got beat by Louisville in the third round, and we never really got to go on a run. And um, we we really wanted this. And you know, we 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 as fans have to take the rough with the smooth. You can't you you can't have it on. Or you can't have your cake and eat it, essentially. So we we've had the Open Cup run, but um, you know now we've got to get back to the regular grind. And I do think we are a good team. I think we're a better team than our record shows. And uh, but now we've got to we've got to get back to the daily grind of the league and we've got to start pushing our way back up the league table.
2: Yeah, I think that it's something interesting because the fact that both of us are at the same place in the table, I think, is I mean, if you would have told anybody that that when we first faced each other in the beginning of the season, I don't think anyone would have believed you. Um, Whether we would have been as good or.
1: Yeah, but then again, you look back at that game at our place back in March. There wasn't that much between us, in all honesty. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. we we can't. Our problem is we can't score. If we mm. can score, if we could score and put away our chances, we'd win every. You know, we'd be a lot higher up the table. We just can't score. Um, mm. You know, if if you can, if you've got an, an ounce of defense, then then you're in with a chance against us because we have a big problem putting the ball in the back of the net
0: you think that's a personnel issue or is it just the players aren't quite playing up to their potential?
1: I, I really don't know because it just seems to be a problem we've had for four years. Uh. I mean, aside, aside the year that we had uh, Irvin Herrera in our second year, who was second in the, the league for scoring, um, we, we've we've always struggled. I don't know why. We, we did okay last year. I mean, under the pool system, we did okay scoring, but, we, we had Corey Herzog who mm-hmm. is a lights out forward in the USL, but he scored two, three goals all season. Mm. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Kyle Gregg last year, we, we would not have gotten the playoffs, but now Kyle Gregg, I think is only on, we have four goals this year. Whereas this time last year, he was probably reaching double figures. Um, We've, you know, we've got your old kid, uh, Caleb Calvert, and mm. I think he's only got one on the year so far. We, we were expecting, I think, a little bit more from him. But yeah. then again, he's only... I think he's only been coming on for 20, 30 minutes here and there, so he's not really had a a full run in the in, in a, a full set of consecutive 90-minute mm. games. It seems to be... I, and i go back to the flooding issues it just seems to be a lot of stop start this year mm-hmm. and then as soon as a guy gets a couple of games under his belt he'll get injured and you know that whatever flow he had has come to an end and we have to try a new uh pairing up front and it just we've never really had a solid duo up front
0: gotcha no that makes a lot of sense i mean we we str- we struggled with that last year we had a lot of guys going down and it's really hard to like you said to get into a flow to get into a rhythm and i feel like that's just so important especially for goal scorers seems like Mm. those guys tend to go hot and cold at times just most of them they're i don't know if it's a temperament thing or confidence thing or what but uh it makes a lot of sense but i i think you know if you look at where you guys are at the on at on the table i don't think it's really time to panic you've played less games than everybody but Loudon, and and they've they've got the stadium issue so there's a little bit of Deception there, I think, too. Because I think if you'd have played 17, 18 games like the rest of the league, probably be a little bit higher than, than where you're at.
1: I think if we'd have played 17, 18 games week in, week out without the, the flooding issues or, or the Open Cup issues, I, I would agree with you. But, um, you know, these are the these are the, the crosses we have to bear with regards to the, the, the flooding and the stadium issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and as again, it. it I I love the Open Cup run. I think all lower league fans do. But again, I go back to it doesn't matter if you've got games in hand. If you're losing to Hartford, if you're losing to Bethlehem, Mm. if you're losing to Swope Park Rangers, then all the games in hand in the world won't make a lick of difference at the end. Mm. Yeah, it's so tough because if you look at
2: the – I mean, there really isn't Maybe similar similarities to our seasons, but the the distinct contrast is we, um, as many people know, uh, were knocked out by an amateur club. Uh, So we were knocked out very early. I think it was, I think, technically, like the second round, maybe. Maybe it's the first round. I forget exactly the name or numbering of the round we we backed out of. But we've been very fortunate in in some respects because we haven't had a midweek game or a congested schedule until this past weekend or this past week, I should say. So we've been very fortunate in that respect. Um, The flip side of that, of course, is that we've – we a lot of people around us have games in hand. Um, But kind of switching over to uh, distinct personnel, uh, just kind of looking at stats and and players that I've seen that have kind of stood out for me uh, watching St. Louis matches – Particularly, Cicerone. What, what
1: does he bring to the
2: table as far as the the attack goes?
1: I, he he will run at a defense with pace, and if there's anything that a defender doesn't want, it's a skillful guy running at him at full pelt. Um, he excites me, and and uh, I th- I think the Cincinnati fans were very upset when when he he wasn't re-signed in the MLS squad, and I can see why. I, he's a dangerous mm-hmm. player he again pace skillful he, and and he can do things with the ball he's a little s- step above but yeah. um i i think he needs to score a few more goals for me honestly he he's got the he's got the tools but um i, I can not he can't be on more than 5 goals this year uh, if that
2: yeah he he's sitting at 4 right now he's uh and the only reason I know this is because I'm looking at it, of course. But, uh, yeah, he's technically tied with uh, Sam Fink at, at four. Oh, our
1: prolific center-back goal-scoring machine, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, he's three uh, – I, I think he's three for three. I, I think I saw today that y'all are uh, have, have uh, drawn three penalties. So, I guess he's uh, clinical when he's on the spot. Uh, and uh, he's also clinical in, in the big
1: moments we've seen as well against like Cincinnati. Um, yeah, and he also he also scored a header against Tampa Bay. I mean, he is an aerial threat. You yeah. know, we, we we'll we'll probably get on to talking about your boy Ben Lewis in a minute. But anytime <laughs> Lewis anytime Lewis takes a corner, I mean, Sam's yeah. right there. You know, to yeah. finish it. Yeah, that was the
2: next player I was curious on because I think a lot of p- people in the league may not still understand what he brings to the table. But I was. I don't want to say devastated because that sounds really dramatic, but I I really like Lewis Hilton as a player just because he's he's very easy to get behind with with the drive that he brings. But but how do you feel like his transition has been uh, moving over to St. Louis?
1: Um, well, I, when we started getting rumors and you know everything about him making the move, I actually messaged you back back what two years ago. And you were you were pretty cut up about it. You were like, "Oh my life! I right? I can't believe he's leaving. I really like this dude." Blah blah blah. And I can see why, he, on a personal level, you like him. I mean, he's a top bloke. Um, mm-hmm. But I also messaged what is it uh, J- Jason Bailey and said, yep. "You know, what well, do you think about this guy?" And he's like, "Oh well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, build a, a midfield about it around him. But he's a serviceable squad guy." And I'm like, "Oh well, that's totally different." But. Um, <laughs> But I can but I can see where you were both coming from. Yeah. In the fact that you you, you Ben saw his potential and and, mm. and J- Jason was talking about what, what he'd seen the past couple of years. Um he I think I think a year last year next to Wall Fall really did him good. Mm. And, and and then Wall left and he's gone to Ottawa. And I think Pulis has said to to Lewis, do you, well do you fan, do you fancy being the man now? And he really has grasped that mantle and taken it. You know, he—he he is the, the the cornerstone of our midfield. I mean, the local Spanish commentators for the team they call him El Motor, <laughs> and he—he—he—he and, and he, he, he is the engine of the team, man. I mean, he is the engine of the team. We we are a better team with him in the side. No question about it. Mm.
2: Are there any other players you would say are uh, standouts, or, or that we maybe haven't covered as far as uh, players to watch for in this matchup?
1: Um, I'm not sure if he'll play. I think he kind of went off injured against Loundon after a couple of minutes. It was Albert Dequa. Um, mm. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a forward and he doesn't score a lot, and that, well, you know, along with the rest of our forwards, uh, but he he's a, he's a he he's workhorse he's an absolute workhorse and he'll be offside five times because he just plays off the the defender's shoulder but he will he will drag defenders hither and yon uh, and he will make room for other other forwards i'd like him to score a few more goals he's he's a third year usl pro now i mean he should be finishing more but he's still only 21 or so i mean he's still a kid mm. but he 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 does create a lot of space for, for Kyle Gregg and they had a lot of um, success with that partnership last year. Um, everyone, I mean, you, you can, you can talk to me or you can talk to the barrel proof guys. When you play Louisville, everyone loves Sean Reynolds. Um, he is a fans player. He, he's not mm-hmm. uh, a bla He's not one of these bland uh, cliche machines. He, he will tell you what he thinks. Uh, he's very opinionated and he, he doesn't care who, who 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 hears what he has to say. And and I think fans like that, they want to know the, the, the guts of what's going on and what players think. Um, but, he, you know, aside from that, he is a very good defender. Um, I think he's been kind of squeezed out of his um, starting spot because I think Van Kavira and Sam Fink have barely foot, put a foot wrong all season. And so, you know, Sean is the the third centre-back on the outside looking in. But he's been switching in and out with Paris G, left-back. And Paris G, he he's a left-back that likes to get forward. He's very offensive-minded. But Sean is a better defender, I think. Mm. Um, so so I think when Pulis feels that we're going to be up against a raging uh, right-winger, he'll put Sean in. Whereas I think if uh, he thinks he can get away with playing a, an overlapping left back, he'll put Paris G in. Um, I, I, I am also a massive fan of Gia Bend, but again, a, another one of our injury problems. And I think it's a—I uh, don't know what it is. We always seem to have injury problems this time of the year. Uh, it could be the, the the artificial turf we play on. I don't think does us any favors. But um, I really like Gia Bend and. Uh, you know, you you know those Israeli people, man. They are hard people. They're a hard race, <laughs> and uh, I wonder what I get what I'd go against him in the midfield. Yeah, and he came from Louisville too, did he not? Yeah, he had a, he had a year in Reno. He went he went from Louisville oh. to Reno and then to Was. Okay. But uh, he is a big boy. Okay. All right. All righty then.
2: Well, that uh, that just about does it for questions from me. Uh, do you have any questions there, Alex? No, you pretty much covered it. You did a good job. <laughs> cool. All righty. Well, I guess um, one thing I'm really curious on, and I think we're going to touch base on this in the, I guess, the second segment. Um, but do you feel like a loss against Atlanta United would be more, would be better for St. Louis, or a win would have been better for St.
1: Louis um, moving into I- this matchup? We've lost every game we played after beating an MLS team, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I don't think we we're ever going to win the Open Cup. So I think we've done as well as we could expect. Mm. Um, it was it was bonus soccer playing Chicago. It was bonus soccer playing Cincinnati. It was bonus soccer playing Atlanta. I mean, you you always think. I mean, last night at seven twenty nine before the. Uh, the whistle went to kick off. I'm like, you know, what if, what if, what if? And, you know, you've always got that, that, that nervousness in your, in your stomach, like, what if, What if, what if? We, we could do this. Um, but I think I think the GM and I think the, the coach is breathing a bit of a sigh of relief in respect that, A, we didn't get blown out like New Mexico did. It was a mm. consummate moral victory, to be honest. I mean, we came away with our heads high. We had a hell of a run. We held our own. And Atlanta put out a hell of a team. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah, they did. And we, we, you know, we took them all the way. Aside from uh, aside from a a last minute penalty that made it look a little bit more uh, lopsided than it was, I I thought we held our own pretty well. I mean, obviously they had the majority of the possession and you know the majority of the chances, but I mean we were we were a post away from going into halftime with the lead. So you, you you always look back and coulda woulda shoulda. But I do think it—it it was time to get back to normal. It is—it mm-hmm. feels like it's time to just get back to normal now, and, and let's get, let's get rocking and rolling in the back end of the season.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's such a—it's a tough decision, really, because, I mean, you can look at us and say, "Do you really want to go out in the first round against an amateur club?" Not really. You, you probably prefer to go out in the second round against a, at least a, a club on your, a similar tier. But then in the other respects, you can, you can go as far as you did. And it's nice getting that far and going against MLS clubs and I guess getting those draws at home uh, or those crowds at home, I should say. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you as like, I don't think, you're going to win the cup so if you're eventually going to lose is it all for not i, mean, I don't know the right answer to be honest with you yeah I, we've had this debate several
0: that. times ben and i have yeah. so i feel like i come out usually on the other side i want to go as far in the cup as possible but we haven't really done that yet other than the first year so yeah but
1: i mean you, you don't know you don't know when you, you're you're going to be in that position again though right I mean, you you know it could mm. be another five six years before we, we go on a run like this so you know yeah. you, you, part of you is like well enjoy it while you can but at the back of your mind you also know that hey you know we have got five points from the last five six games and that's unacceptable you know and and, yeah. and you know we've we've got a squad right now of maybe 12 13 14 fit guys and they cannot do this two games in a week for for the best part of six weeks mm-hmm. so it's just it just it's time to get back to normal and and the magic of the cup was great. It was great being able to to give the, the Cincy fans a bit of a dig. <laughs> uh, oh, it was, it was superb. You know, yeah. uh, uh, America America won that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. But on the flip side of the coin, just like you guys with the soccer soldiers, you know, Des Moines in the in in our first game took us all the way to PKs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for an eighteen-year-old uh keeper our academy keeper making his debut we we could have been out i mean we could have yeah. been done i mean last night against atlanta was because an 18 year old academy keeper saved three penalties in the shootout
0: mm. yeah no and we've lost mm. only one game since since we lost to the soccer soldiers which is i had to i was really surprised when i looked that up uh but it's it's really just been one but so mm. it it is remarkable that the fact that you well, here's a stuff. Well, yeah, do it both.
1: Our our last league win was on the 27th of April. Wow. Oof. And yeah, woof. Yeah. <laughs> woof. Yeah, woof. Yeah. So as I say, it's it's just time to get back to normal, guys.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else, Ben. Do you have anything? Yeah, I think that uh
2: just about does it, but um yeah, feel free to uh, plug the podcast and. Uh...
1: Will do, absolutely. Hey yeah. Ben, why why Arsenal, dude? Why did you uh... not? <laughs> Alex is an Arsenal fan.
0: Yeah, we're too. both Arsenal fans, so. <laughs> uh,
2: I blame my friend Chris um, because he. Uh, I think he may have felt uh, sad in his lonesomeness, or lonesome in his sadness. I don't know which the way that ends up working, but yeah, he's an Arsenal fan. I used to live with the guy, and he was like, yeah, you're going to be an Arsenal fan. And I was like, okay, I guess I can deal with that.
1: And Now I'm like, wow, yeah, you didn't
2: tell me about Mustafi. You didn't tell me about
1: him. <laughs> uh, that's, so, that's, that sounds like fever pitch right now, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. goodness. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight.
1: Thank you, guys. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Matt. Right, righty. Good cheers. luck this weekend. Oh, absolutely. We need it.
0: howdy everybody welcome back to talking Jacks. sorry it's been a little while we had some busyness and just couldn't get on the mics so uh i'm joined tonight as always by my co-host ben Gosshorn, aka the soccer goose hey how
2: are you ben i'm doing good sometimes life happens and podcasting takes a backseat but, yeah,
0: you know, it's it's kind of funny because me and you have actually seen each other in person more recently than we have podcasted, which is pretty rare, <laughs> considering we don't yeah. see each other in person all that often.
2: <laughs> yeah, that so, is true. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's a a good uh, explanation of how things have been here recently, I suppose. But yeah. Yeah. And the, the club's been busy, too. We've had two games in the a week's—well, not a week's time, necessarily. Yeah, no, we well, a week
0: from today, yeah, it was— Yeah. A week from today, we were watching our wonderful team battle hard in the second half against mm-hmm. uh, that team from up north, as they say. I don't know. Yeah, that's. That I feel like there's the there's one of the college football rivalries. That's what they say. They they don't say the name. It's like Voldemort. They don't say the name. They say <laughs> that school up north. I forget which one it is. Uh, uh, no, but uh, North Carolina FC, obviously, that's who we're referring yeah. to. Which uh, that game was wild in my it was it was very entertaining uh it felt like there we were moments away from losing it and also then moments away from stealing it at the end uh yeah we played so well in the first half to follow it up the way we played in the second i I was disappointed with our performance in the second half after how we played for most of the first half we were still loose a little loose in the back in the first half of course the 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 first goal being you know one oh, that can't like happen but I, it was really bad and 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 but to yeah. be fair <laughs> that was the first goal that, that has scored been scored like that in quite a long time um yeah, yeah so I mean, it's it you know those moments have been way way less frequent lately yeah. um and i think there's blame to go around several places i think you know there a lot of people stopped when they thought the ball went out and were kind of appealing for a throw in uh and then mm-hmm. had to kind of scramble and not un- put, not able to put enough pressure on the the guy putting in the cross. I thought Brandon Miller probably could have gotten to the ball sooner and, and beaten – I don't mm-hmm. even remember who headed it away from him. Who, he pro- Brandon Miller probably should have been off his line a little bit quicker and claimed that or at least punched it. Um, and yeah. then, of course, Tico, you know, having no idea. I, I, I don't know if it was, he had no idea where the ball was or if he just watched it and then watched yeah. the guy tap it in. I, you know, oh, no. a lot, of, lot mean, of blame to go around there.
2: That, like – yeah, I think that I mean I think it's a a combination of a a perfect storm of uh miscalculation by a lot of players. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like you said. I mean, I think the ball I think at least the wide defenders thought the ball went out. So they kind of Right. They both down they started. they all
0: kind of let off for a second. Yeah. But that's I all it takes. If if you let off for a second, defense. it's a trickle down like you said.
2: Yeah. Like he, I think I mean, Hugh's been very prolific in the air defending and i think i don't know if brandon miller called for the ball in the moment but hugh didn't get the ball in the air um which i, I think brandon thought he was going to get it in the air um and he didn't and then i think t thought the ball went over the the i guess the back line or whatever you want to call it the goal line yeah um causing a goal kick and he just forgot that there was players on the pitch that could affect the play <laughs> Brandon thought Tico was going to do his job, and he didn't. Um, and thus, they scored in the third minute. And I was in that moment thinking, "Well, great! I drove two and a half hours to see us do what we did last year." Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't
0: think it could. I don't. I don't think it could have been anywhere close to as bad as last year. But I, yeah. I had the same feeling of dread, like again, like this has. Yeah, I, I was, feel. I was like, it's always something against this team. Like how mm-hmm. many how many goals like that have we given? I feel like very similar experience to the goal that we gave up uh, in the first matchup last season, where the ball like bounced off the crossbar and and uh, Andrew Dykstra yeah. just didn't claim it and, <laughs> and it was tapped yeah. in. Like just like stuff like that. Like I feel like something like that happens. There's some voodoo, uh, some yep. voodoo going on. But we oui, we oui. oh excuse me. Oh. Excuse me, hit me with a yawn. Uh, but we bounced back really well, got a magnificent team goal. Uh, you know, everybody playing a big part in that. Kivon George, Alex Martinez, the two players who had been kind of cast off before the the coaching yeah. change, played huge roles in that. Beautiful passing. Uh, the, the pass to Enzo was awesome. Enzo's pass to Nikki Jackson was phenomenal. And then Gorgeous. The, the, the composure from Jackson to take his time uh kind of pull the keeper out and then just poke it past him uh really solid finish really good Every, I, I mean yeah. a, fantastic team goal we scored several really good team goals since Jeffries took over uh the, mm. the one against louisville there was one against i think birmingham there was a really good team goal uh yeah. I, I think i'm think i think i'm probably forgetting another one um even the one um, against pittsburgh was was a really good pretty fairly good team goal when you think about yeah. the different build ups that we had going down that right side but um, just yeah. getting back to our identity in terms of attacking and scoring goals with a lot of passing and movement and, and and quick quick interchanges it's been great to watch great to see
2: yeah and I think it's been it's been nice to see the consistency in the attack um, I think maybe outside of the Birmingham game we haven't seen maybe prolific attacking, attacking in a lot of ways, and as we kind of saw in the NCFC game, because we had um, I think we ended up with only it's a good thing I've got this semi in front of me um, yeah, we only ended up with five shots against uh, North Carolina but we, we three of them were on target which, which is pretty normal for us quite frankly um, and, and I think that's the only thing slightly disappointing about this match, um, I'll admit and I'll call myself out um, granted my perspective was skewed I thought we kind of dominated the second half <laughs> but now, uh, my, granted my perspective was on the opposite side of the pitch so yeah. the times that they um, had the, the the times that Brendan Miller had to come up big every time I was just like "What well, they're going to score <laughs> I mean the, yeah. the first one where he dove right and made a uh, kind of a fingertip save I was like um, I can't quite tell, but it looks like he's basically alone at the top of the box. I don't like this so much. And there was at least two times where it felt like they had a break, uh, basically a one-on-one in the center of the box. And I was like, well, this can't be good. Uh, and <laughs> Luckily I didn't have to cover my eyes because there was players in the way and I couldn't quite see. <laughs> but um, I guess that's the uh, the benefit of the perspective being on the opposite side of the pitch and, I think we honestly had some good uh, attacking proficiency, uh, creating chances, I would say. I mean, I think that's one of the main things we've seen that's been drastically different um, with Jeffries compared to McGinnis' is the, the sheer volume of quality chances has been on the uptick, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. Uh, both I Both just, Valentine... like,
0: quality and just, like you said, volume both – have been much higher in terms of chances created
2: creativity. I think a lot of ways too. I mean, I think Valentin did good in this game. Um, I I think he, I I don't want to pin it on him, but the the moment that Alex had, I don't know if it was quite a one-on-one, but he was breaking towards the goal
0: at the um, very end
2: at the, yeah, Yeah. at at the very end there. And he cut it back similar to the way Enzo's done it a couple times. I, feel like valentine should have been there i mean that that's obviously very easy to say and i'm not saying that um it's his fault we didn't score um because i mean alex couldn't have known he was there probably to begin with because his head was maybe not up in uh moving around i guess you could say but it, it would have been if valentine would have been there being the right side of the attacker it would have been an, almost a, a tap it quite frankly it would have been almost similar to mensale's goal yeah um, Against Birmingham, I think, um, but 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 a, a very easy tap in, um, and I think Enzo was was pretty darn good throughout the match. Quite frankly, yeah, I think he had maybe a couple opportunities where I would have liked to see him uh, put the ball on on frame, uh, that type of thing. But uh, I think really this game too, Nicky Jackson is healthy. It appears like I, I don't want to jinx that of course but mm-hmm. this is the first time we've seen him really doing his thing i think he did a, a little bit against uh birmingham i think that he come on late i think that maybe it was memphis actually i think it was memphis yeah um where he came on late and kind of did his stop start that type of thing mm-hmm. um but he had that one-on-one with tim Bacchus that i don't yeah. know if he necessarily I, made the right decision i feel like but...
0: that was the one where I would have loved to see him score that. I I think he was probably offside just because he was so far ahead of the, the, the defenders when he came into frame. Uh, there's no way to know for sure. Um,
2: yeah, the angle was weird. Well, it was
0: just, they, they panned really slow on the broadcast, uh, to where it was like, they didn't pan to him until the ball was like almost at his feet. So by then it's impossible to tell where he was when the ball was played. Um, that one, I feel like he was probably offside. But I still would have liked to have seen him finish it, and, and I would have absolutely taken it even if he was a mile offside because, you you, oh, yeah. you, you know, bad so calls. A nice. Uh, it would be nice for a bad call to go our way every once in a while. Nice. Um, I'll take it. And on to that end, there were some – I saw some people say that that first goal that Nikki scored against NCFC was offside, but it it, I it wasn't. Know. I've watched it over and over. I've taken yeah. screenshots of right before the ball was played and right after the played right after the ball was played and he was onside it was the yeah. the right back was the one keeping him on and it was the right back who put his hand up to shout for offside because 99.9% of the time the guy who puts his hand up to claim offside is the one who kept him onside I mean that's just like soccer 101 I yeah. feel like <laughs> if you put your hand up it's because yeah, you're yeah. guilty yeah. of keeping him onside yeah. uh but so, right, coach, regardless I mean I know that watching Arsenal games <laughs> but, um, but you know, like, like you said, I thought in the second half we struggled a little bit to, to just put our foot on the ball and control the game at all. It was pretty much them controlling the game, controlling the pace, controlling the tempo, and we were just in basically a low block. Um, and we did okay. We, we gave up too many quality chances, uh, but Brandon Miller came up big. But I thought we could give up too many quality chances. I thought Mansali was absolutely gassed uh, towards the end of the game, and, and he was obviously replaced. I thought they they recognized that Tico and, and Mansali down that left side were vulnerable, um, and they absolutely just attacked them over and over and over. And there wasn't a ton of there weren't a ton of adjustments we could make because we are you know we were a little thin on the bench, which we we have been ever since the gold cup started uh, and really, I mean, when haven't we been thin on the bench this season? It's, it's either been gold cup or AFCON or injuries. It's been all kind of stuff where that has caused us to be thin on the bench. Um, I guess that's the problem when you have a small squad like we do. Um, but regardless, we showed a lot of grit and a lot of fight to, to just hold on for a point and nearly still steal it at the end. Like you said, with that breakaway that Alex had, I thought uh, I, th- I think most people think he should have shot and i i kind of can see that but i also like you said i don't think it was necessarily Sabaya that should have been there at the back post um uh, because he his run was actually what pulled i mean he 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 made a run to the back post um and it, and he pulled at least one defender maybe two with him so he was the one who was, actually made that space available and i think jorge may have made a run there too towards like the either the penalty spot or the the near post one um I felt like, like you though, somebody should have been there to tap it home or slam it home, uh, but there they weren't. Um, so we can do coulda woulda shoulda all day. Yeah. But uh, all in all, decent performance, good result. Um, yeah. Anytime you go up there and get a result, it's it's a good game, regardless of performance and, and form and all that. So we got out of there without anybody getting picking up any kind of crazy booking or anything like that uh the announcers were like going on and on about how you know alex and enzo they're so passionate and they're you know they're they're definitely ones to watch and i don't really recall alex and enzo getting Hmm. into any kind of they were both very uh even even keeled the whole game they even at one point they even at one point were like enzo has just been remarkably calm and i'm like you guys have not been watching enzo for the past couple of years because yeah, i feel like he's feel just like a lot more even keeled these days
2: I mean, alex e- even alex has mellowed like out two years ago yeah would it makes? two years I, ago you say that and i'm like i've got no defense yeah you, you watch a game and you can tell
0: i think both of them um, have mellowed out a good bit um yeah compared and to what they the are was
2: the best thing enzo ever did Um, I guess, I guess there's something to say of beard and wisdom. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Um, and Alex has been, he's had his moments. Um, I'll even say Enzo did have the moment. I don't know if the camera caught this, but there was a corner kick we got later in the, in the, in the second half. I, I know for a fact where, um, right before that Enzo was drastically calling for a ball in the center of the pitch when we were attacking, um, and he didn't get the ball and he was pretty frustrated and he kicked the hell out of the ball as he went to go do a corner and <laughs> knocked over one of their sponsored uh billboards i guess you could say oh okay and i was amazed the ref didn't give him a yellow because eh.
0: I, mean, I feel like if it, if if your anger's not directed at the referee i feel like you're usually okay
2: yeah like and I mean, that's a and if that's the a change hold will enough i'll, get, yeah. I'll give them that like I, i've the ref was going to give him probably a yellow if he would have done much of anything else. And, um, but, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think all in all, I mean, you know, a a pretty solid performance, all things considered. I mean, that's the first time we've got a result with them since, I mean, I thought we drew against them a while ago, but I mean, according to this, according to FATMA, this is the first time we've ever drawn against them, but really the first time we've gotten a result uh against them since 2015 which was the first time we ever played them in the open cup yeah um so may 27th of that year um so i'm not against it i I think it brandon miller deserved player of the week i mean i I think uh not to segue too far ahead in this next matchup but he he didn't have much
0: oh no we can totally segue we've 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 spent enough time breaking Um, it down
2: i think yeah, I don't but,
0: even want to uh, spend too much time talking about the Pittsburgh game because I, I don't yeah, want to put in more effort than Pittsburgh did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I was really concerned with them because, I mean, they had scored, I think, like eighteen goals in like four or five matches. They were destroying teams. And um, before that, they were uh, having a, a really bad form of getting like 2-2 two, two draws or letting teams get back in ma- matches and, and things like that. And I was like... Well, great. We just decided to play them at the worst possible time. Um, but really, they just didn't do anything. Like, no, they—that was, was, was one of was the worst soccer
0: any- games I've ever watched. It was off. Yeah, I, I mean, they were—they were like—they yeah. were, like, were trying to play out of the back at one point, and they were like falling over each other, trying to play out of the back, like with no pressure on. They were just like tripping yeah. and falling over the ball. Like it was—it was so bizarre. I don't know if they just had a rough travel getting to the game, or or if they went out in uptown charlotte the night before and we're just dragging uh i i have no idea they maybe they spent too much time at the yeah. epicenter who knows yeah maybe. um you know we've all been there
2: yeah right we've all done that before uh
0: but um, it was whew, yeah, it was rough it was so
2: weird because it like i mean in their defense which i can't give much defense of them uh they i mean they uh what am I trying to say? Yeah, they played on the fourth as well. So that's I mean, true. The rest was was going to be an issue.
0: And um, and to be fair, we didn't look all that much better outside of the first half hour. Uh, yeah, we played. I mean, I mean, we came out and we blitzed them for the first thirty yeah. minutes, and we just couldn't put away any of our chances. And we finally put away the chance. I, I'm just so upset that we couldn't finish the the beautiful buildup. Oh my god, it was it, it was some of the best buildup we've seen the independents ever have. I uh, mean, they've had some beautiful moves, but to, just the the it was like five or six one touch passes right in a row, uh, mm-hmm. leading to to Nikki Jackson having a shot in the box. Um, he probably should have done a little better with it, but the pass that, that ended up getting to his foot was a little behind him, so I can see why he had a little less control. Uh, but then of course Alex Martinez did did a uh, a golazo. I mean, it was that was oh my I, I, god. It, it was like it took a second to register that the ball went in because from the yeah. from the broadcast view being that high it's it's really hard to tell where the ball is in terms of height because there's been mm. several times this season where I've thought we've scored a goal when but the ball actually landed on top of the net it, it, so it just it yeah. moved but this time it went in and it didn't really move the net because it went in so softly and yeah, it, did, it it was did. it took me a second to register that he had chipped it it, it chipped the yeah. goalkeeper in and it was uh I mean it was fantastic.
2: It was gorgeous. And I mean you you have to imagine like first of all the build up I mean the the pass from Nikki to Alex and really the combination play between the two of those. Yeah, and the pass and Max, the pass from
0: Sabaya to, to Nikki too was really good.
2: Yeah. I mean that was basically like a not a cross but like a uh I think I do remember that now that I'm, I'm remembering it or thinking about it but uh yeah i mean i think Valentine did pretty good We'll, we'll touch base on that later but just the wherewithal for nikki to to lay that off to him and for alex to just i mean he he kind of played it off like it was just oh well it was almost a mistake um where the ball was in the air and he just happened to see the keeper up and he just lifted it over him but my god that was a good goal and i you i mean the last time he scored i think was 2017 against uh fc cincinnati if i'm not mistaken um and i swear almost every game since then it's been or every time they both both martinez's have been on the pitch the story has been well especially this year i'll say well the martinez brothers haven't scored this year and alex is a prolific scorer and that's yeah i know i know like just stop like i get it he's an attacker but as he said in the press conference, he's not a goal scorer by default.
0: No, not at all.
2: He is a he's man. Not, I wouldn't would, even
0: call him a goal scorer, period.
2: I mean, he, he is a wide attacker that will go central and lay it off to somebody. He's a facilitator. That, that's his, he's a facilitator. He is a, a midfield maestro. He's a fantastic player as far as I'm concerned. And I, I think... For him to get that goal, because I'll, I'll admit, too, when I was in person watching it, I I honestly was like, oh, it's going to go over the net, isn't it? It's going to go over. Because <laughs> yeah. it can't go in because we've seen – I mean, the amount of shots we've seen just either rocket over the goal post or just inch past the goal post, um, it, there's been a lot. Well, but, I think uh, we hit
0: the post at least once against North Carolina. And then
2: yeah, – I'm, I'm with you. We've I had several. We did. And then we've – yeah, just really close ones, or just really far off shots that have just been like, "What are you doing?" Um, but just for him to get that, you gotta imagine that's a huge weight off his shoulder for him to be. Because when I mean, we've seen in 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 all with all due respect, um, we've seen Alex in some cases maybe try to be too fancy, or we. I think I'll I'll even admit this and self-identify. I think there was a, a an opportunity he he had. Where he was was very similar position on the in the box I believe or on the field where he he got a cross of some sort or a, a pass and he just either skied it or just whiffed it quite frankly. Um, but I think this goal is really just a testament to him just being a workhorse for us. I mean he's he doesn't get a lot of praise for a lot of things on this club honestly. I think as we talked about earlier he he gets a lot of flack for being a fiery player and being a passionate player uh, is the nice spin I'll put on that. But really, I mean, he's he's a... All I'm going to say is there's a reason he deserves to be on the pitch, and this shows you why he deserves to be on the pitch. The, the fact that McGinnis wasn't fielding him in the 18, let alone starting him, was ridiculous. But kudos <laughs> to you, Alex Martinez.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot left to say about, you know... I feel like the proof with the coaching change is kind of in the pudding at this point um yeah. but let's uh let's get the listener questions i think some of the stuff from the pittsburgh game will kind of come up maybe as we talk about these listener questions and if not mm-hmm. i feel like we put in as much effort as as the teams were yeah yes,
2: that, game, as that game as that game deserves <laughs> to put a bow on this one is we have never lost to pittsburgh and we've never lost to uh uh richmond kickers bob Lilly. Well, oh, I didn't know that. But uh Oh wait, no that's
0: not Bob that's L- not true. I think we have oh, lost to sure. Richmond Kickers. So I, we, yeah, we we know. just have a really good record against them.
2: Okay. I think we do I I believe that is factual, but we've never lost to a Bob Lilly Run. Uh I think we've more or less won a lot of the time against a Bob Lilly Run Pittsburgh Riverhound Club, but moving forward.
0: There's a Yeah, that's true. I think we've actually beaten Bob Lilly a lot, except for in the playoffs. So take that for yeah. what it's worth. <laughs> um, all right. First question is from Jason. We kind of talked about it with Matt about the uh, Open Cup, but basically Jason and James uh, from the independents disagreed on which result for St. Louis in the Open Cup would benefit us the most. So I feel like the the result that would have benefited us the most would be for them to like take it all the way to extra time and penalties and then lose.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> that, then you have an extra 30 minutes on the legs and then you have the emotional heartbreak of losing in penalties. Uh, yeah. I, or even winning in penalties. Cause then maybe they, you know, celebrate and get plastered in like the U S women's national team. And, uh, <laughs> they I don't think they have the stamina and endurance of the US women's national team to come in and play after after like a 48 hour after yeah, right. a party like that. Um sure. but regardless that that's my that, that would have been the best result, but I I don't really know that either result would have helped or hurt them. I think the fact that they had to yeah. play a game a high intensity game I mean, against a superior opponent is probably good news for us regardless of whether or not they went won or lost.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you in the sense that if they would have gone to extra time, I wouldn't have cared. What done. I don't care if they they pulled a, a North Carolina against us and beat them five one. Like, I I wouldn't have cared what they would have done in extra time because, quite frankly, an extra uh, thirty minutes under their belt, considering the amount of uh, back and forth they've had on the pitch here recently, would have been fantastic for us. But I I honestly it's tough because you can look at it from both perspectives because if they get a win um, they feel like they can beat anybody which I think James has said had said in that thread um, which you don't want to play against a team that thinks they can beat anybody whether they're tired or not like you just you don't want to play a team that can think they can beat anybody that's true especially if they would have beaten the Atlanta United squad that they put out because it was Penny Martinez Joseph Martinez uh, Hindman the new guy that I think played for Bournemouth or somebody in the EPL. Uh, a mm. high quality MLS squad, let alone a, a Atlanta United squad. I feel
0: Heinemann is. Um, is,
2: eh. is he okay? I, uh, he I,
0: played. He he couldn't even get time in League One. I feel like USL is his level. I, okay. That may be rude, but
2: whoa.
0: <laughs> maybe that's Hot. why. Maybe that's why he looks good in the Open maybe, Cup against yeah. St. Louis because. that's probably the appropriate level for him at this point in his career Um, sorry that was not the question but uh yeah (laughs) i just saw a lot of love for him and it was frustrating i was like
2: i don't know yeah (laughs) there's nothing against that there's nothing wrong with some some uh, anti-atlanta
0: it's not really anti-atlanta it's more like u.s (laughs) i'm bitter about pretty much every u.s men's national team player at this point uh, wow, well, that's the, so. Good Maybe that's I'm projecting a little minutes. bit of my frustration.
2: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I think honestly, I I will say that if they that they had, I think is probably best for us in the sense that they don't have the high of winning. So now they're they're sitting to themselves and they're thinking, what could they have done? They've got to think about it for a couple days, and then they've got to change their focus on us. The downside to that is, of course, now they've got their focus solely on league play and yeah. us. But, I mean, it, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, you were, we're arguing tomato-tomato, beans on toast, peanuts off toast. Yeah. Obviously, the line is correct. But, um, yeah, it, it, it depends. It's it's an argument as old as time, I guess you could say.
0: Cool. Uh, the next question is also from Jason. He wants to know our thoughts on Sabaya's first start. Uh, I'll go first. I thought he looked good in the first 30 or 45 minutes. Uh, looked really good combining with Nikki Jackson and Joel Johnson on the right side. And even Alex Martinez a little bit when Alex would float to that side or to the middle. Uh, but then I thought he, like the rest of the team, faded in the second half. But... Mm. I don't know if that was a – maybe it's a fitness thing because he's not uh, – I, I, he's not really used to playing 90 minutes at this level. Um, I think the I, – I don't really know what to think of it. It was – I wasn't there, but it, from what I hear, it was really, really hot. Uh, so it's really understandable that everybody faded. Um, so I'd like to see him in more favorable conditions, I guess, before – and I don't mean just the weather. I just mean like not coming off of a game – you know, 60 hours previous and, uh, not playing, I guess, another team who was playing really sluggish. So, uh, I guess incomplete, I-, I thought looked good for a little while and then kind of faded. So what about you? He was right in front of you for most of the game. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I think he, I, I think it kind of left me wanting more. I mean, I think and I don't think he,
0: I I I, so I would agree with that, but I almost I don't want to like pin yeah. that on him because the whole team yeah. left me wanting more against that Pittsburgh team because mm-hmm. that Pittsburgh performance was awful, and we should have scored three or four goals on them and, and put that away easily. And the fact that we didn't was really disappointing. Um, but I don't yeah. want to put that all on on him.
2: I think I mean I think at times the, the only criticism I have of him in that match, I'll say, and this is being very nitpicky. But I think there was at times, there was one specific time where I think he was going against Ryan James, who is a uh, quality proven left back in, in, in the USL um, for, for years now. Um, and there was a moment where he was one-on-one with him and he was, he was stopped in his possession. He may have just received the ball or whatever the state the game was. And it seemed like maybe he thought he was going to, he was going to, duke him or deke him or, or get around him with some fancy moves. And I'm like, it's not going to work at this level, quite frankly. I will say, though, I, I believe shortly after that, there was a moment where he did make somebody look silly. Um, so I think that – I honestly, I think it's a positive performance for him. Um, I still like what he brings to the table. I think
0: – Oh, yeah. I honestly, think he has a ton of upside.
2: Yeah. The flair and the fact that he was – he didn't noticeably, I'll say – get disgruntled or annoyed with the fact that he wasn't able to do exactly what he wanted to do on the pitch, I think is promising. Cause I mean, we've seen that time and time again, or you see that in general in the USL where players will get frustrated and they will just get knocked off their game. And on top of it, he seemed to hold his own against really one of the better uh, defensive squads in the USL. And on top of that, a Bob Lilly defense that literally has like five defenders back at all times with his wing back system and just utter blanket defense, which is a whole nother uh rant, I guess. But yeah, I was okay with it, I liked it a lot, all, all things considered.
0: Yeah, it was enough to to make me want to see more from him. Uh, which mm-hmm. every performance he's put out there has made me want to see more of him. So, uh, I, he's definitely trending in the right direction. I think he's going uh he might could play a really big role down the stretch being a first sub off the bench type player uh you know he may not literally be the first sub every time but he's i think got the quality um to to be that kind of player uh next question Mm -hmm. is from jay lance he says between alex joel gutman or enzo who is the mvp so far this season or anyone else that i didn't name um and then Eric Ramirez nominated Brandon Miller for that. So Let's see. Uh, Man, that's tough. Do you have one really, that sticks out to you?
2: I mean, if I had to say I, I it's as really, it's we've had such a I don't know, two-parted season in some ways since we've had the the coaching change, but really we've only had 5 games and 3 of them have been at home and against mixed competition um under the Jeff 2.0, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can say the MVP is the most consistent player, the most player, the one that's been providing a spark and been showing up in wins, I guess you could say. And I get a player for me who's stood out, quite frankly, has been Alex. Yeah. I mean, I think when we've not had him, it's been noticeable. When we've had him, it's been noticeable. I mean, he had the assist, which I think was the winning goal against Bethlehem. Which was back when uh, we couldn't buy a win. Um,
0: I think he had an assist. Didn't he have an assist in the Atlanta game as well?
2: um, Yeah. I think he, I think he's, he, at that point of the season, I mean, very early on, I think he had three or four assists. Yeah. He He, played really
0: well at the beginning. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I can't argue with your, with that answer. I think. Yeah the true MVP obviously is, is coach Jeffries. I mean, if we're being yeah. keeping it, keeping it real, but um, no, I mean, <laughs> it, I I can't argue with Alex. I think Enzo has been really solid. He's I think been much better as of late, but I think, it, I don't know that that was really much to do with the coaching change as much as it has to do with he, he looks healthy again. Uh, because yeah. he's, I, I said a few episodes back, he's exploding past defenders now. And, it, he's doing it a lot. I mean, he's 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 dribbling past defenders a lot more now, uh, and he wasn't doing that a lot in the beginning of the season. So, um, I, I, I'd I'd be hard pressed to not give it to to either one of them because they're both one and two in uh, assists. They're both one and two in chances created. Um, so, so the brothers Martinez are are really the the captain of the ship so far.
2: Yeah, I was gonna cheat and use my. Uh beginning of the season uh cheat code and just say martinez but i've
1: as the (sighs) season
2: has progressed i have learned and the, the team has learned alongside me so yeah
0: all right uh speaking of the coaching change uh our buddy matt asks now that mcginnis experiment is over and things are looking up again i have a question about the decision to hire him why do you think the coaching change was made in the first place was the team's performance in 2018 poor enough to justify the change? Was McGinnis actually a really good candidate for the job? Or was his hiring just an attempt to bring publicity to the team and or league? And then discuss any other thoughts you might have. So, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. Like...
2: I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, that's definitely... It'll be a question we'll probably have to expound upon more in-depthly at the end of the season, just because we'll have more time to really dive into that. Um, I mean, I'll admit, like, going into the season, I was probably one of the only people that was optimistic, but I saw the positives of hiring him. I mean, it was a, in some ways, uh, buzz-worthy signing, or coaching signing, I guess you could say. Hiring, whatever the word is, technically, um Whether or not that was really buzzworthy on this side of the pond compared to in Ireland. I mean, it, you can, you can debate the two of those things. Um, I, but it's, it's really tough because I can see why they would go that direction because I mean, I may not have said it on the pod. I wouldn't say it to his face either, but I think maybe the time was up for Jeffries um, and he's proving me wrong right now obviously but I think there was a a justification for making a switch and the splash of getting a coach on the rise in McGinnis obviously not looking at his pedigree I guess you could say you you can kind of justify that but it's it's really tough. I mean, I think it still kind of depends on where the season does end, I think, is how we're going to feel on that ultimately. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered all the questions, but yeah, uh, I don't. What do you think?
0: I felt like making a coaching change was a little premature, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I thought the idea of moving, giving Jeffries the GM role. I have no problem with. Mm. But also stripping him of the head coaching job, and I don't know what all went into that decision. I don't know if it was a – I mean, I'd be surprised if it was Jeffries saying, okay, well, I can't do both. You know, um, mm. I feel like Coach Jeffries has always had to do more with less in terms of player personnel. I feel like in terms of strength of rosters, we were never near the top, but Coach Jeffries was able to – get us near the top you know a few times throughout seasons we had you, you know there's there's little things here and there that we can com- nitpick in terms of lack of rotation uh, but is he is, is is the lack of rotation because he's unwilling to rotate or is it because we had no depth on those previous teams you know it, it, I think there's a mm-hmm. lot to to break down in terms of previous results but um I felt like he deserved one more year in terms of the 2018 performance I thought a lot of it had to do with injury um it I mean the we had an injury crisis last season that was yeah. insane I mean it was absolutely insane so if it was a decision if the decision was taken out of his hands and it, and he was you know if if this was their glorified way of uh dismissing him as the head coach then I think it was the wrong decision but um I, it's like you said, I think a lot of it is to be determined. I think I can see where you're, what you're saying. Like they saw, oh, well in two or three years, he's going to be a really good coach and he's going to have this team playing really well, but he, it was just so bad. I think, I I mean, you you could just see the mentality of the team was broken. Um, Yeah. And that was disappointing because all we had heard is that he was such a great man manager and uh yeah. I thought that that was the one aspect that he would have going for him was that he we would have a strong locker room and we would have you know all that other stuff but it was clear that it just wasn't working it it it, it was and it was a failed experiment and you know I commend them for noticing that and then biting the bullet and saying hey you know this was yeah. not the right call uh let's run it back and and, and do something else so It'd be interesting to see what happens at the end of the season, though, in terms of because, you know, they didn't necessarily place the tag interim head coach on Mike Jeffries. So I don't know if it's a, I don't know if this is a permanent thing or not. We don't have to get into that tonight. Uh, But it'll be, it'll just be that that's something to watch, I guess. Uh, But no, I think, I think there's a lot to the decision making. um, And there's a lot to chew on in terms of, why all of that happened to begin with so maybe we can get more into that at a later date when we haven't already had like an hour of podcasting
2: yeah right that, that that'll be a uh, we we could definitely wax on end on on end i don't even know what i'm saying i'm just gonna stop talking yeah but yeah i, I think this is what happens when we we go uh 50 minutes plus but um uh, for sure yeah
0: all right everybody. Well, I hope everyone enjoys the game on Saturday. Uh and I hope it's not too hot cuz I know oh, I know that is a problem around this time, around these parts around this time of year. So, hopefully the the pitch conditions keep improving. They I mean they I still wouldn't call them good, but they're much better than what they were. So, hopefully so hopefully that, that trend also continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh right. man.
2: As the form increases, so does the pitch. That's how that works, right?
0: I hope so. So, <laughs> hopefully, we get another win on Saturday and we can continue this beatless run because we're at six games now, so it's officially beatless. There you go. We can use it now. So, alrighty, everybody. Hope you have a good Friday and come on, you Jacks.